Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, beautiful Star Wars fans. Welcome to a new episode of Flying Casual, an all-Star Wars podcast. I am your humble host, Michel Canterbury. Uh, Michael Canterbury here. Joined with me in studio is the lovely, the smart, the sweaty. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> what else can I say? I mean, just just all around terrific person, uh, Ms. Holly Walton. How you doing, Holly? I'm good, thanks, Michelle. Michelle, can we start that trend? Maybe we can continue that. I don't speak French. Uh, we do have a troubled history with our French listeners. <laughs> I, I will say that. And we're lacking the escargot. Wow, I cannot actually Need believe. We you. remind you. <laughs> you just reminded everyone that that is something we still owe the listeners. This is a pandemic. I yes. do not think that snails are a priority. Holly, here's the thing: we've made up every excuse in the book. The pandemic is a new one, though. We haven't used that yet. It's actually probably the ultimate excuse if you think about it. I don't know that restaurant Le Chateau Ooh, wow! Prob- they'll have it and you can order it and they flavor them up real good wow so I thought see I thought maybe either some raw snails or no. is that a, a, can you eat a raw snail Ew, is that like is that alive. like eating a raw bird like it would kill you would it people eat oysters raw well then I think you could probably have you know a snail raw you know who actually may have had a raw snail who our good buddy, Lucas Elder. <laughs> Lucas, how you doing, my friend? I'm sad to report I've only had the cooked variety. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it would kill me if I ate one raw. So I'd, right. I'd be down. So many phrasings there for that. But Wow. So what was the consistency like, Luke? Is it, I mean, is it like eating chicken? I, I feel like now we're obligated to do this since Holly brought it back up. I, we went probably months with getting away with not doing this, <laughs> yeah. Holly, but now it's I feel like we're obligated. So, Luke, I need to know what I'm I should be prepared for here. Is it like chicken? I mean, is it is it you know is it like putting a sardine in your mouth? Like what phrasing? Uh, what uh, what does it taste like? Uh, uh, texturally closer to a sardine, I would say, much Ooh. more so than chicken. Okay, it's really? been about five years, I think, since I've had one. So I I'm, I'm trying to pull it out of the memory banks here, yeah. but. Uh, Taste-wise, I didn't think it tasted like a lot. I had mine in like a tomato garlic sauce, so that kind of had a strong flavor that maybe maybe overrode any of the snail flavor. So it was more of a textural experience as far as the snail was concerned. I well, I love a good texture in my mouth. Crazy. So we're gonna see what happens. It's gonna be interesting, Holly, because we're gonna record this, and I mean, you may vomit live. I just Maybe might. we won't do it live because that that could be problematic. Because if you do vomit and it gets graphic, like I don't know if Facebook would shut that down or, or what would happen. I right? mean, they would just delete the whole page. <sighs> Probably. Probably. I'm excited for that. We, we're, act, we're absolutely going to do it. If I got to smother it in, 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 in tomato sauce or, or whatever, let, we're doing it, Holly. 
The listeners wanted it. We said we were going to do it. Let's make it happen. This is America. Just throw a bunch of ketchup on it. Ketchup. Wow, that's you. <laughs> getting pretty uh, fancy there. I guess <laughs> we'll, uh, and I don't know. Maybe we can eat it there at the restaurant. I don't know. Maybe that's not a possibility right now. Maybe we don't That's do probably that. a safe bet during quarantine. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I, I probably will bring one of these bad boys when we do it, Holly. Uh, what is this, that? this is a, um, I, I don't know. It's claiming to be the most refreshing beer in America. Luke, do you have any guesses as to what that may be? And no, it's not a Rolling Rock, though that's a competitor. I, I, I think know. Rolling Rock is a highly refreshing beverage. Luke, do you have any idea what it could be? The most refreshing beer in that's America. That's a claim. That's a high claim. That's a, yeah, that is. <laughs> Any guesses? I know, I know what I find refreshing, but I don't know what the <laughs> masses find refreshing. It won't. You won't agree with Michael in the refreshment category. No, no. I'll tell you this right now, guys. It's a Fathead's Bumbleberry, an award-winning beer. Oh, Holly. I've had a, I've had a Bumbleberry before. Oh yeah, it's pretty tasty. Pretty refreshing. I think, hopefully. We're going to find out. The, the great thing is, is I have it in the Chewbacca koozie. And what's great about the Chewbacca koozie is that some of Chewbacca's hair falls off onto your yeah. can. I'll get a nice shot there for everyone. It falls off into your can, gets into your beverage, then adds a little, little I don't know, a little something yeah, to it's it. It's a good experience. Like, yeah. ultimately, like, if I you love can't hair go to the mouth. bar, yeah. right, then yeah. you can just have that same experience here. Yeah, if you can't go to the bar or you can't, you know, you, you know, you, you're desperate for hair in your mouth i'll let you borrow my koozie that for it, the record yeah. is like the nastiest thing you've ever said well hey I, that's gross you're absolutely right crack so let's, that bad boy let's crack this bad boy open we're just gonna get a little little taste here because i just See? had a uh an orange line in kugel and I, this may be completely it's different. a different fruit it is a different fruit wow that's a lot of berry and i like that that's good that's very refreshing i would say yeah most refreshing beer in america there we have it oh there's the hair Ew. There's the hair. Yep. You heard there it, it here first. It's either a beard hair or it's a chewy hair. Um, could it well, could be both. a dog hair? It could be you know a Chewbacca. facial hair. It could be the the koozie. But uh, wow, fantastic introdu introduction. Um, I'm so so happy that Holly and Luke are here to talk some Star Wars. And guys, you know everyone talks about you know there's not a lot of Star Wars news, and but that's okay. Like we don't necessarily always need to be talking about. You know, Star Wars. Well, not yes, <laughs> Star Wars. You're in the wrong podcast, pal. Yeah, no, I mean, who knows? I may throw out a little Harry Potter every once in a while, but no, just like topical Star Wars stuff going on. Um, there's so much crap about the, the sequel trilogy being erased and Disney doing it over. It's a bunch of nonsense, and I, I don't even want to give a breath to it because it's just it's so stupid and and we're not even going to talk about it but um something that did happen recently holly there was a fantastic meme that was put out into the star wars world mm -hmm. and uh it got in the facebook group praising yeah wow it spread like wildfire also wow. yeah i know it was crazy i would say probably the biggest thread in our facebook group's history 150 something comments that's I mean that's a that's a pretty big that's a pretty big thread for our group right yeah. I mean that's not bad uh, it just kind of took off and and I'll, I'll put this this thread of comments Holly up there with any other thread of comments in Facebook in Twitter whatever against any other group whatever in the history of threads in the history of threads this is the winning thread this may be a winning thread and and folks the 
It, Holly, remind me. It was you know take take a quote from Star Wars. It had a it had a scout trooper grilling sausages yeah. on a on a, at a grill whatever, and it said take a quote of Star Wars and replace one word with the word sausage. That's correct. And immediately, I mean, quotes are jumping to my mind. But our listeners went deep, phrasing, and just pulled things out. Star Wars quotes that I had forgotten about. I thought I came up with a pretty. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting um, uh, Jar Jar Binks quote. Um, had a lot of fun with that. There was quite a few others in there as well. But mm-hmm. so we asked all of our listeners, guys, there were so many on there, and I know I didn't see all of them, but like, what were your favorites? And Holly has a compiled list of folks' favorites, some of our favorites. Holly, I cannot wait to chop this up and edit this into a promo for the podcast. You just reading all of these perverted comments about sausages. It's going to be fantastic. Perfect. It's going to be fantastic. You know, it is better than me like stumbling through yeah. an email that I'll do later. So at, no, the perfect little transition there. So we're going to do the sausage quote fest, sausage fest of quotes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, a and, plethora of sausages. Wow. That, is that a Star Wars quote? It is now. It is now. So we're going to talk about these sausage quotes. Jory, our good buddy Jory, has sent us an email, um, some speculation, some discussion about the Force, and, and I think it's going to be a good time. So we're going to talk about that. And then we are actually going to talk about that released first chapter of Charles Soule's first Star Wars novel, Light of the Jedi. It's going to be... I don't know. After reading this first chapter, I think it's going to be epic. I'm really excited about it. It's in that High Republic area. So I, if you, you're not interested in that, just go ahead and turn the podcast off and wait for the next one next week. So we thought we'd put that discussion there at the end if you don't want that spoiled. So, Holly, without further ado, mm-hmm. what is the Flying Casual <laughs> fam's favorite sausage quotes? We'll say of 2020 because I feel like this thread will continue into next year. Yeah, so there was a lot of overlap in the ones that people sent yeah. over. So yeah, I'm gonna read a few. Come on, you guys can tell me who said the quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't keeping track of who said it, right? No, I meant who in Star Wars said the quote. Oh, not who said the quote on no, the page. No, we can absolutely do that. Yeah, but, but who said it? I have no idea. I have no, no. idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then if Luke has some some randos to throw out too, in addition to this, I want to hear that as well. So stay tuned, Luke. Luke's gonna be throwing sausages. He may just turn his call off because he's like, this is the most immature discussion we've ever had on this podcast, but we'll see what he says. Holly, without further ado, go ahead. Okay, so I think one of the ones that everybody really loves so much was this. Come on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is going to be great. I know, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. (laughs) You're all clear, kid. Now blow this sausage and go home. <laughs> yeah, that, I had that on the top of my list. That I mean, whoever came up with that, that's that's just fantastic right there. Fantastic stuff. Um. Okay. Yeah. Another one. Come on. Judge me by my sausage, do you? <laughs> now, I know that was Brits because when I saw that pop up in the group phrasing, I totally, I was dying laughing. So way to go, Brent, on that one. That was good. Okay. Uh, here's <laughs> here's another one that if yeah. you watch the uh, trivia trials, Come on. it's uh, near and dear to Jory's heart. That's right. Uh, make 10 sausages <laughs> feel like 100. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jory said if you were in trivia, that would have been wrong. That would have definitely been wrong, Jory, and that will forever be a moment. I'll never forget that in the history of this podcast and, and probably in my life. <laughs> it was so damn close for a tie there, but epic quote, by the way. <laughs> Um, let's see. Here is 
uh, one of Michael's favorites. Come on. Close your eyes. Oh, I love this. Feel it. <laughs> the sausage. It's always been there. <laughs> it's always been there. Just haven't quite experienced its full wrath yet. I mean, that's mm. hey, that's what happened. Um, the Force Awakened. Holly, <laughs> let's not forget that. <laughs> the Sausage Awakened. Yeah. Wow. I don't like that. Okay. Um, you're rather short for a sausage. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I find your lack of sausage mm. disturbing. Yeah. I know. That's yes. Probably a lot of people hear that. Okay. This one I thought was really funny. Come on. We know C-3PO in The Rise of Skywalker. And he says, taking one last look, sir, at my sausage. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, these guys, are, they're clever. They're clever. And this thread is still going on, Holly. Let me remind you. To this day, this was a week ago, I think, yeah. this started. And it's still, it's still going strong. Um, You had a Jar Jar Binks one. Do you remember it? Um, No. No, because there were so many other good ones in there that were better than mine. I was really hoping that you would say it in Jar Jar's voice. I'll have to. I'll if I can pull it up, I will. Phrasing. Yeah, seriously. Was that the? Was that your favorites? Was that all of them? Oh no, there's like a bajillion more. I wasn't sure how many more oh. we wanted to do. There's quite a bit. Well, hey, give us a few more. Give us a few more. Charles threw a few out there, didn't he? He did. Um, double the pride, double the sausage. Wow. Yes. I mean, we know. Yeah. Um. Close your eyes, feel yeah. it. Come on. The sausage. Yes. It has always been there. Always been there. It will guide you. Yes. Oh. Unfortunately, it guides too many men. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Now, young sausage, <laughs> you will die. You will die. <laughs> uh, Holly, can I share one of my favorites? Yeah, those share in, one. in the group. Uh, I, I did want to take your sausage. <laughs> Ben's sausage. <laughs> That was so good. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. That was you know what that faves. makes you yeah. sound like, Michael? Uh, a pig. Uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> more specifically, I was going to say a Raylo. Well, that, we know that's not true, Holly. But um, I, did I just make a pig joke about sausage? That was <laughs> pretty. Yeah, that's terrible. Is is the vegetarian of the group. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Didn't that's mean to okay. bring that up. That's okay. Um, so yeah, Luke, I mean, I think Luke just turned us off here, but any, any others come to your mind? I know, and I know everyone listening is just like, this is the most juvenile thing that flying casuals ever done. Well, it's up there. Um, but, uh, any others that come to mind, Luke, you've had some time to dwell on the sausage. So any others come to mind? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tough with stuff on the fly, but when you were talking about Jar Jar, all I could think of was, uh, a Misa no have a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm just also picturing, or, uh, like, Luke's wife just be like, what the hell is happening to this conversation? <laughs> what's the, what's the, you had also, another one? Yeah, just one of my favorite, um, you know, one of my all-time favorite scenes is the introduction of Yoda and Dagobah in Empire. So I'm just kind of thinking of some lines from there and, um, you know, like Luke says, I'm looking for a great sausage. <laughs> uh, and Leota would reply, um, a great sausage, eh? <laughs> so size not make a sausage greater or something like that. <laughs> And then, uh, Sausages not make one great. <laughs> and then Luke's like, I... 
went to Dagobah to find a sausage and all I got was this crappy root stew. Yeah, no, seriously. It's... <laughs> Thank you, Holly, for bringing up root stew. That still blows my mind that, that Yoda was there eat, offering Luke root stew in his little hut. That's fantastic. Um, so, guys, that it, it just goes to show you that something silly like that, just it just catches fire and, and was just a really entertaining. Was it, you know, immature and juvenile? Absolutely. But if you can't have a little fun, then you know what? This group probably isn't for you. Uh, we're not this perverted all the time. But it was a funny meme, and it got posted. I think Wade put it in there. Freezing. Um, <laughs> yeah, there oh. you go. And uh, and it just took fire and it was a lot of fun and that thread keeps going. So if you're looking for, you know, s stupid humor, you know, our group offers it. If it, you're looking for sweaty conversation and theorizing about Star Wars, it's there too. So, um, oh, we got some, I don't know what that is, Holly. I think the cord on my headset's going bad. I, I feel that like it's my... That shouldn't be causing that sort of sound, but we'll see. Um, okay. Anyway, sausages aside... Holly, um, we had an email. Uh huh. Maybe it's Chewy. I don't know. He sits on cables and falls asleep wherever uh, he wants. And I think somebody's setting off fireworks because Chewy's actually sitting underneath my chair, yeah. shaking. Yeah. So if you see me shaking, yeah, it's actually the dog. It's actually the dog, and and if we can get that camera set up once I get that charger, Holly, then Chewy can have his own webcam. That's right. And, and you can see him shake, too. You will see him do a lot of things, so that would be interesting <laughs> for all of our YouTube viewers. Uh, but, Holly, we got an email from from from, from Jory, switching, switching yeah. sausages here. Um, would you mind breaking that down? It was a long one, but I think it was definitely a, a good conversation starter. Okay. Do you have that? I do. All right. All right. You guys are going to hear me struggle through this. That's okay. Um, okay. Jory said. You're good. Just keep going. Right. Jory said, hey, guys, just wanted to maybe give you a topic for discussion since Star Wars news is pretty thin lately. We agree. Yeah. Going back to our discussion with the book club, I wanted to see your thoughts on the force Skyping going on in New Canon. It's kind of a two-part discussion. Obviously, the dyad for Ray and Ben was a partial explanation for how they had been communicating, but it also said that Snoke was helping that connection. Yeah. Yet when Snoke was gone, the connection remained. Do we think Palpatine took over that role of bridging the gap, or was it him all along, or was it their growth in the Force making them self-sufficient and connecting? Hmm. I mean, if we if we go back to Rise of Skywalker, we're led to believe that Palpatine was doing it all along, right? Like even Vader's, you know, voice in Ben's head, and 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 even um, even Snoke all along, and, and the flesh seems to have been created by um, by Palpatine, and I think even the novel alludes to that. So I, I would think it was Palpatine. Now, Luke, do you have any thoughts? I mean, it, sometimes it seems clear cut i mean not really because we don't know how palpatine did it we don't know what exactly that really the dyad is so you have any thoughts on that definitely i think you know it, it evolves as the the story evolves you know you'd have a certain interpretation of it only having seen the last jedi and at that point rise of skywalker not even being written yeah and probably having been rewritten a couple times since then and you know with different director and writer coming yeah. in after originally having you know trevorrow and then moving on to JJ. So, I mean, it definitely was different when, when Ryan Johnson wrote it and when we experienced it just through The Last Jedi than it is now seeing the complete picture. But even just looking at The Last Jedi alone, I never took it as 
uh, Snoke was sustaining it. Even if you take it on face value, that, that Snoke cr- helped create the bridge, yeah. help help connect the bridge between them. I never took it that he was solely sustaining it. I just thought from the Last Jedi dialogue, he helps make the connection. Once the connection's there, it's there. Yeah, and then that's obviously like way expanded upon with the idea of this dyad that's introduced in the rise of skywalker um which makes me lean towards thinking it could have happened anyways and and snoke slash palpatine being the puppet of snoke puppet master of snoke rather catalyzed it and just made sure it happened you know maybe more quickly yeah palpatine definitely has to be involved because when we talk about the dyad like it's more than just ray and bet like Palpatine's involved, like all of the Skywalkers seem to be a part of this. So, and he's part of that, right? I mean, if 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 the Darth Vader comic is is if you take it as he created Anakin, I mean, he's a part of this as, as well. So I would only suspect he has to be, unless it's the Force just connecting them, and he sees that in Ben's mind and says, "I'm taking credit for that." Like, I, this is how I'm going to manipulate this kid and tell him that he's not as powerful. I'm taking credit for this. I don't even fully understand it because he didn't He didn't understand that there was this dyad until the Rise of Skywalker, right? So I don't even know if he fully understood the connection between the two until the end of the saga. But I feel like he had to have been a part of it since he, in essence, was the creator of the Skywalkers. There had to have been... He has to play a part of it. Holly, what, what do you, what do well, you think? Well, it's... <laughs> That's funny that you say that because it's almost as if he was like, I'm going to put a certain kind of like force energy into this relationship between these two individuals to try to manipulate them. And however that manifests itself, like that's just what happens. And so maybe it's just like that's how that connection manifested itself was them having that force connection. But or as we like to call it, the uh, force Skyping. The force Skype, absolutely. But I do think um to add to what jory was asking he said um do we think palpatine took over or was it him all along or was it their growth in the force making them self-sufficient i do think that that was a skill them those two would have been able to continue doing even if they didn't have any assistance from palpatine Mm -hmm. or snoke or whatever it was because i do think that that's something that they then would have learned like we saw ray do with um the healing and then mm-hmm. Kylo imitated that after I just, I kind of yeah. feel like they can take these skills that they're learning, even if they're getting some force assistance with yeah. it and then learn how to do that themselves. So absolutely. I, I, there's so much more I want to talk about. Did he have a second part yeah. to continue on? Cause I think he taps into this a little bit. What I was going to yeah. bring up here. Uh, so part two, since we saw Leia and Luke both succeed in reaching Kylo Luke via projection and Leia doing whatever she did with Han, are these skills something that take so much force that it ultimately ends in your demise? And the fact that Ben and Ray can seem to turn it on and off, is that due to their ridiculous strength in the force or just simply a product of the dyad? And no other explanation is needed. Luke and Leia both died immediately after their confrontations with Kylo and Ben, or Kylo slash Ben. Yeah. And this could be due to other circumstances. Leia was weak from space. Luke was weak and old, living yeah. rough on Octu. But was it from the amount of energy it took to make those projections across the galaxy that brought them to their end? Yeah. Sorry, that's the super long phrasing. <laughs> and if you'd like to save it for another time, no problem. No, Jory, we read it right Ooh, that's now. Right. That's right. Um, 
he said, just wanted to hear everyone's insight and what Mr. Elder has to say on the subject. Looking forward to talking again. Yeah. So I love that he sent this because it, it connects so much with a little bit of research that I'm doing on the force right now and what it is, what, what makes the abilities that we're seeing so much different in this new canon era. I mean, we mentioned Luke projecting himself from, from planets and planets away as in, in a, such a believable fashion that everyone thought he was actually there. Uh, Leia connecting with her son to a point where she literally just almost flipped a switch on him. I mean, Ray is, I don't know. There's, Ray seems such of pure heart to me that she's always going to do the right thing and her, like the good thing, I guess I should say. She's always going to want to help others. In that moment, though, I mean, she was tapping into a power she quite didn't understand. I, I just, I, I feel like, and there's some, 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 um, some literature out there right now talking about what Luke Skywalker was studying while on Octu, while out searching for relics and stuff like that. And he was studying scripture from like in, in the original Jedi, but this, in the way they describe it, they don't describe much of him. And I need to read this book, the secrets of the Jedi. It sounds amazing. Going to have to pick up a copy as soon as possible, Holly, but they talk as if this first Jedi was more about balance and that it was just maintaining that balance. And it seemed like they, this character could, I don't know, delve into powers kind of everywhere with while maintaining balance. That was the most important thing. And I'm almost wondering if Luke Skywalker himself was studying this and maybe learning these powers. And even maybe then Ray, who was reading his teachings after The Last Jedi, continued on with that and maybe was able to balance herself more and dig into some force lightning. You know, typically I don't like to to dig in too much to force powers and all this stuff, but it's really fascinating what they're doing. And, and it seems like referencing an older time and maybe it wasn't so much black and white and now you can't learn any of that dark side stuff, which is force lightning and, you know, bringing down starships from the sky. Um, but then again, you know, Ahsoka was doing some of this too. She surely wasn't studying, you know, ancient texts that we know of. Um, so I think maybe in, even in, in, uh, in Leia trained with Luke too. So maybe she's reading some of this. I, I, I don't know. I think there's something there. I need to get my hands on this book though. Cause I think it, it elaborates on it a little um, more, but I don't yeah. think I would discount Ahsoka from yeah. reading up on that thing on, on those, if she could get her hands on them, because mm -hmm. I do think that Ahsoka is, you know, very educated and she takes pride in how yeah. like educated she is and how she loves to learn. So, I mean, yeah. I think it probably wouldn't be like out of the question to think that maybe she had found something that she was reading that allowed her to kind of tap into that and know how to control it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, Luke, any, any thoughts? I mean, are these just new powers that, you know, people have used? I mean, Ben also, Ben seemed to understand because when Ray and him were connected, he said, you know, everyone knows this line, like you, you, you're not doing this. The effort would kill you. It's almost as if while studying with Luke Skywalker, they read of these things. They read of these kind of mystical powers that have never really been accomplished. And in the last minute, Luke knew it was going to take everything. And that's what he needed to do to be the hero that the, the universe needed. But Luke, is there any merit to that? Is it just, are we thinking about it? Are we thinking into this too much or is it something there? Maybe we're tapping into an older time and, and learning, you know, mystical powers that we'd never seen before. 
Michael, I love the line of, uh, are we thinking into this too much? <laughs> Every day. I feel like that's what we're doing. Isn't, isn't what this whole podcast is all about? Absolutely. <laughs> thinking into it too much. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to control and, and organize and, and balance all of the, the thoughts just like racing through my mind based off of, you know, triggered off of, um, Jory's really interesting email and the discussion that you all have started mm. along with it. Uh, so let me see if I can organize some of them in a coherent way. Going back to one of the earlier thoughts real quick, um, you alluded to this, Michael, and kind of commented on it in, in terms of the bridge between the two and, and Snoke slash Palpatine taking credit for it, that it might have just been uh, a manipulation that he decided to take credit for it and yeah. that he didn't really have that much to do with it, yeah. but just to sort of pump himself up in their eyes, claim ownership of it. I, I think that's highly plausible on that point. Um, on this point of, you know, sort of the force draining you, it's not... It's not a concept I really want to buy into or like yeah. being introduced. Um, as much as I love The Last Jedi, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson introduces this concept that, um, you know, JJ runs with in, in Rise of Skywalker that the Force can drain you yeah. um, using it, uh, you know, and then Ray can, you know, learns to like give Force energy to other beings from herself. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously a big part of Rise of Skywalker. So, like, when you think of everything Star Wars in the in the Lucas era, I don't think there was ever any indication that that using the Force um, would physically drain you or harm you. Yeah. So, I like I can't accept that what killed Luke or killed isn't the right word. I don't think. I think yeah. you want to say what made Luke become one with the Force. I can't accept that it was the act of projecting himself yeah. drained his life force. Yeah. I look at it and I think I think the Rise of Skywalker goes a long way in, in moving this idea along if you've read it. Um, I look at it more as it was just his time. Like he felt I can't do yeah. any more good for the world in this form. Yeah. It's time for me to be one with the force. Uh, rather than like the effort of the the projection killing yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, in Rise of Skywalker, there's extra um, background in Luke talking to Leia regularly. Yeah. Uh, in the novelization and sort of telling her it's time, mm. it's time. Mm. Just like <laughs> you've done what you can as a corporeal. Um, being it's time for you to be one with the force. So I, again, yeah. I don't see Leia laying down and holding Han's medal and, and, and becoming one with the force as like projecting, reaching out to Ben killed her. Yeah. It was just, that was her final act. And then it was time for her to be one with the force. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into this with the sort of light of the Jedi preview. Um, and to me, it's kind of the, the tug of war between sci-fi and and fantasy in yeah. star wars uh whereas i lean and i think everything that i just said it leans more towards a fantasy direction than a sci-fi direction and whereas like it gets a little too more a little too like video game meter yeah. power level meter to me to say oh he used so much force 
energy in his bar got low and he died. Yeah. yeah. And that's more of like a sci-fi thing. Like, oh, you have this much XP. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. I love that Luke is is calling Star Wars sci-fi and fantasy because I've been saying that for years, Holly. And you wouldn't believe how much hate I've gotten for calling it fantasy. What do people call it? They just said it's clearly sci-fi. No, it's not. Do you understand any of the story going on in Star Wars? It's total fantasy with some sci-fi aspects with ships and stuff. And it's light speed. Like, that's cool. But, like, it's fantasy. And that's why I love it so much. It's a blend of both. But it is much more fantasy than anything. And and I, I, I love what Luke is saying. And I, I, I've always kind of agreed with that as well. The only thing I like about it having an effect on your physical being is, is it almost amplifies the aspect of, of a sacrifice. Like, wow, I'm going to tap into this and I'm probably not going to come out of it. And that's what Ray knew. I mean, Ray even said, I gave some force energy in there. Like, it seems like it takes a toll, right? I mean, obviously it does like Poe or Poe, no Poe lives. Um, Ben Solo (laughs) dies. Right. And I mean, she kind of in the moment died. So I kind of like that. It adds a little more sacrifice that I can do this. And like, man, it's, 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 I'm telling you, this is necessary and I'm willing to make this the ultimate sacrifice almost, but it does give you kind of that whole, that, that video game as that's what I was thinking exactly when you were talking, Luke, like they made it much more of a video game. And I think you kind of have to do that when you, when you implement such fantastical powers, there has to be some sort of, 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 um, consequence for it. Right. Or if, you know, if people are just bringing down starships, like I'm sure it has to have some sort Mm -hmm. of consequence or then they're just kind of these mystical creatures that can never see any defeat. Holly, what do you think? This whole time after I watched The Rise of Skywalker, when Ben Solo's like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if <laughs> I have on, the strength Holly. to do it. Let's this go. This whole time I've been like, he's just talking about yeah. like, am I mentally and emotionally strong enough God. to do this thing? Yeah. But now, which I think, I don't know, when yeah. Luke was explaining how he felt about it, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because I didn't think yeah. about it being like, oh, the force is going to drain me and I'm going to die. But now yeah. everyone is making me question that. Yeah. Maybe he knew, too. He knew what it was going to take. Did Ben Solo see the future? Well, it's not even that. It's just like, did it, like was he talking about like physically like using the force? Yeah. Because this whole time I was thinking that he meant, like, am I mentally strong enough to yeah, go absolutely. to Exegol and do what I need to do? But yeah. maybe it was a physical thing and not a mental well, thing. Yeah. It, I think a lot of it is, am I strong enough to turn back to the light? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. once you've gone dar- down the dark side path, like Yoda says, it's, yeah. it's quicker, it's easier, it's faster. Yep. Uh, so at that point, it's sort of harder to turn back. So to me, I, I'm in your, you know, your line of thinking, Holly, where it's like, is he strong enough mentally, yeah, emotionally to to make that turn back to the light? Absolutely, I totally agree with you guys too. I think that's that's what Ben Solo is talking about. The struggle is light and dark, you know, losing his family, giving up everything he ever knew for darkness but I it's guess, a sacrifice but i guess like now that the conversation steered towards yeah. like i mean there was a similar conversation when we see princess leia get escorted out of the scene yeah. um and then we saw it happen with luke and ben solo knew that both of those events had taken place so then i'm yeah. like i don't know i guess 
some people could have thought that it meant something different. And I guess if they're along the lines of like, oh yeah, it makes sense for like the force to kind of like drain you yeah. of like your life energy. Yeah. I don't know. I th- Yeah, no, I, I, I think definitely the more, so the first half of the, se- the sequel trilogy, I think we all kind of fall in line with that whole, it's more of a struggle with like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving everything up. I'm giving up, you know, everything I know, the light for this darkness, for this power that I want. Or like Luke said with, with Luke Skywalker, like it's what I have to do. It's that next phase. Like I can't give anything else here on this tangible world that we live in. My future is here now. Mm -hmm. And I think Leia also understood that that was happening. I think Ben did too. I think the writers just needed, I mean, how do you make that kind of sacrifice with putting these insane powers out there? And, then the question is, and then it's, that's kind of what started it all, then is like, where do these powers come from? We've never seen anything like this. We never saw this from Anakin, one of the greatest Jedi ever known. We never saw this from him. We, we, we never saw this from anyone. So, like, what is it? We maybe saw Yoda in the clone or maybe Rebels do this in one of the Jedi temples. We saw him project himself. Is that the same thing? I don't know. See, I didn't think that was the same thing. Okay. I thought that that was just, like, part of the... T- from the temple. I thought that was the temple oh, doing it. I didn't think it was Yoda. Oh, it sounds like you are referencing a little bit of Fallen Order, maybe. There's some, you know, it's the temple itself that's giving this information, kind of, maybe, huh? I think. It seems like, this is way off topic, but it seems to me from, like, the things that I've Come read, on. which hasn't been very much, and the content that I've seen, yeah. I feel like the temples are kind of like their own entity. that they Absolutely. like. They live and breathe the force on their own and they have a mind of their own and they do what they want to do and they kind of balance or like bounce off the energy from the Jedi or other people that enter the temples. I didn't think that was Yoda doing that himself. I thought that that was just the temple. Come on. I've never in all my Star Wars thinking ever thought of that scene in that regard. That's fantastic, Holly. And I think experiences like Fallen Order. I mean, I, you know, Rebels kind of gave us that idea a little bit, you know. The temples would just disappear from where they previously were. But, like, Fallen Order for me is what really opened up, okay, like, these places were meant to be, they're, 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 they're magical almost, and they're meant to protect secrets. And they did have a mind of their own. And so that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's almost like a little hologram. Like they're just waiting for, for Ezra to, to show him yeah. what he needs to learn in that moment. It's like the force just opening up in the temple and saying, Ezra needs this information. Here you go. So maybe you could absolutely be right. But then I feel like if that's the case, then I feel like it wouldn't really be a crazy thought to yeah. think that, um, that Ben and Ray could have had that connection on. on the on their own and it wouldn't necessarily have actually been Palpatine doing it. I think Luke yeah. mentioned that earlier that maybe he was just taking credit for it. Yeah. And maybe he was and it was ultimately like the force saying like this is yeah. how I'm going to allow you guys to communicate. I don't know. So go go let's go back to the beginning. Do you think that these are like Luke Skywalker was studying ancient texts. Do you think he was learning new abilities from the past? I think that, that have makes, long been yeah, forgotten. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Luke, do you agree with that? <laughs> I have a hard time with like the the abilities mm-hmm. thing. I feel I, you. I like read this text, which tells you that you can do this with the Force. Yeah. 
I feel more of it's it's more uh, fluid and and as it comes than that like if you're connecting into the force like um like luke said in that great um rise of uh kylo ren comic you know yeah um people aren't necessarily stronger in the force some people just like are better are more naturally good at letting it flow through Mm -hmm. them they have like a bigger door for the force to come through yeah uh and so to me it's more like the force flows through you and you see what in the moment um you can do with it like all right here you go you mentioned harry potter references earlier that one (laughs) now it's sort of like a room of requirement yeah um situation where it provides you what you need in the moment if you're able to tap into it uh so i have a harder time thinking like there's a text out there somewhere which tells you this is how you levitate a rock yeah and then there's a text out there that tells you this is how you project your image and your sort of essence across the galaxy yeah the I think the text would say, here's how to calm, center, balance yourself so that more of the force can flow through you yep. and then do with it what what you may. Absolutely. Uh, not how to do up, up, down, right, left, up code. <laughs> you know, like Absolutely. Like, yeah. Let me let me backtrack a second. I don't think that Luke would have been reading a text that literally says first do this and then do that because obviously we know that he knows that you can't learn how to do these things. We've seen him interact with his students in some of the comic books and we know that that's not his teaching style. We see him try to guide Ray and we know that's not how he thinks that people are going to learn the force. I think, and this is just me and you guys can disagree. I think that the texts, these ancient texts are more so like here are the ways that some Jedi or force sensitive beings in the past have been able to interact with the force and their environment around them. Just yeah. so you are aware that this is something that can be done. Yeah. And then I think that if you are aware of those things, maybe you are more likely to be able to do those things yeah. because I feel like other than like when we see Ray, like do the force lightning, that obviously Pretty was regular. not something that she like, was like reading about and was like, Oh, I need to learn how to do that. That, that came to her and that was everything in the force just coming out because it was interacting with her emotions in that moment. Yeah. But I feel like, um, if Luke was reading these texts and he was like, okay, so I know that in the past, like centuries ago, some Jedi's could do X, Y, and Z. How am I able to maybe do that or show others how to do that or tap into the force so that they can do that? But I feel like if you're not aware necessarily that that is something that you're capable of doing, you may never be able to do it. And that, I mean, that's, that's the story of Ray, right? Like, I mean, we meet her in the force awakens. Mm -hmm. She's a scavenger. She has no training, no history. And this is what pissed off so many people. And it's fantastic because they're pissed. It's, it's fantastic that those people are pissed because they think <laughs> al- along the lines of what Luke described is kind of those like leveling up. Like they've, they've, they've lived in a Star Wars world and in, in the EU often where you're leveling up, you, you gain these abilities and it's, it's, it's pretty fantastical. Um, and, and then this person just is, is having these experiences but doesn't understand them. And then she meets Luke Skywalker and Luke gives a great explanation in The Last Jedi that like, we all have it. And this is what this book, it, it, it digs into it deeper. We all have it. You know, some, it just flows through 
better for lack of a better term. And, and you need to realize how to hone that mm -hmm. and how to utilize it. And it's not so much, yeah, learning a down up X O R two move, like a lot of people want it to be. And so many people that, that study, you know, lightsaber, you know, technique and stuff like that. That's not, that's not why I come to star Wars and I can understand why those that really come to star Wars for that stuff were upset by this type of thing. I get it, but this is just a different understanding of Star Wars, and that it is what it is. But so Luke does a great job of breaking that down for her, and I think that makes total sense. That it's just you know, it flows through some more, and it's how you really understand it more so than like learning moves and techniques. It's it's how to control it, um, how to how to balance it. And I, we got to get our hands on this book, Holly, because it's it looks like a fun reads. But you what know, is the book again? It's the Secrets of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a it's a big old book and it has Luke's writings and a stuff. A big old book. A big old book. So I have well, to go. Down. I really love the way that that Holly described a potential way the texts guide a Jedi. I think that's really great to say like, oh, just open your mind what the possibilities are. Yeah. It reminds me of like, uh, you know, nobody thought it was physically possible for humans to run a sub four minute mile yep. until Roger Bannister yeah. did it. Let's go. And yes. then sort of it just breaks that mental barrier in everyone's mind and like, Oh, this can be done. Now people do it with regularity, you know, same with like all sorts of athletic Olympic records. They're constantly broken. You think like how much more can these things be broken? Like there's gotta be a limit to, you know, the human physiology, but then, you know, people break them again. Yep. So I think it's a great way to look at it. Like it just opens your mind. You're like, Oh, as the force is flowing through, through you, here's something you might give a try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try this out. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's like when people are like, anything is possible, and you're like, oh, okay. okay. But like, I mean, if we're talking about the Force and Star Wars, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I feel like sometimes that's why you see a lot of um, apprentices kind of like out Jedi their masters, and mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a difference in how they accept the Force. Yeah. Well, I, I, Yoda tells us, I mean, Yoda knew some stuff, let's be honest. You know, one of the greatest Jedi masters. And he just said, like, what, what Luke, trying to lift the, 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 the X-Wing out, out of the, the, the little pond there on Dagobah. Like, you, you don't believe that you can do it. Like, if you say that's impossible, well, of course you're never going to be able to do it. And it's just like what Luke was talking about with, with these, you know, athletes and, and, and setting their mind to accomplishing a goal. And if, if, you, if you think... If you automatically think you're not going to be able to do something, you're likely not even going to attempt it. If you just think that's impossible, yeah, I'm not even going to go out there and run that mile and see if I can break a world record. So it is, it's a mindset, and it, it's, that's why it's so great, this whole sequel trilogy. Don't erase it. Why would you want to erase this? This is such a different approach to Star Wars, and it should be something that is embraced. And I, I would want my children to learn from Star Wars in this way. Like, that's cool. You can go play Knights of the Old Republic and, and slash and people. That's fine. <laughs> but I like the message that it's giving folks. And, and, and I think that's was so incredible about Ray. She didn't understand what was going on. She comes from nothing. Why me? I can't do this. And she just needed to learn that, yeah, you can. And, and, and this is your moment. This is your moment to be the hero that we all need. It's just... It's a fantastic story, and and I love that this email just kind of generated this conversation. And it's, I don't know, it's 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 my favorite part of Star Wars, and that's why I can talk about it all day, um, all day, all day. 
but we are still going to get that book of Jedi secrets and, and check that out because I think there's some good stuff in there. And I've always wanted to read, you know, some, some, some of, uh, uh, Jedi master Luke Skywalker scripts. So we'll, we'll see what we'll he's find out. Was saying, what he, what he was up to. Absolutely. I think a lot there on Octo. Um, so in this may, who knows this conversation may bleed into our next topic. So folks, I do want to give a disclaimer here. We are going to be talking about the first chapter of Charles Soule's The Light of the Jedi. Correct, Holly? That's the, that's the title. Uh-huh. The Light of the Jedi, the first book released in the High Republic era. That is 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And all that we know really about this era is that there's a lot of order. It's it's They call it the High Republic because they're almost in this utopian era mm-hmm. of like you know, the Jedi are just at their high point. It's just law and order everywhere. Law in, and order. In the best in the best way possible. I need to explain <laughs> that. Law and order in the best I'll, way possible. Here, I'll tell you. Okay, From, you got a description? Yes. Thank goodness. It is the time of the High Republic, a peaceful union of like-minded worlds yeah. where all voices are heard. The governance yeah. is achieved through consensus, not coercion or fear. It's a time of ambition, of culture, of inclusion, of great works. Visionary Chancellor Lena So leads the Republic from the elegant city world of Coruscant, mm. located near the bright center of the galactic core. So, I mean, it's, this sounds like a pretty utopian state, right? Yeah. I mean, but also a smaller Republic we're dealing with here. The, when we talk about the Outer Rim, when we think of the, the original trilogy, we, we, we think of Tatooine, right? We think of Dagobah. We think of these Outer World systems that, you know, Luke navigates to Dagobah pretty easily. Like, it's chartered pretty well. This is a time before those areas were really explored. And when I think about this time, I don't know if you guys ever played this game. Any of you guys listening or Luke or Holly, there's a game back in middle school called The Age of Empires. And what was really great about that game is all the unexplored area around you was just black. I thought you were going to say the Oregon Trail. Well, that was a lot of uh, other things. I mean, yes, <laughs> similar circumstances. You, I don't think you can get dysentery in the Age of yeah. Empires, right? Without the disease, right? Yeah, some just disease. gloss over the disease aspect of the Middle Ages and Age of Empire, <laughs> That's right? That's too bad because the, there were a lot of them. Well, the only thing I think you could do is you could chuck cows into people's like fortresses, like their walls and stuff, and like Hold disease on. could spread. I have a question. Yeah. This isn't like. <laughs> <laughs> this is your era, Holly. It was in this medieval era. <laughs> this is you. The, no, I don't I'm, know why you haven't played this no, game. No, I'm totally into that. I'm okay, have I'll to check it out. Get out my old PC from God knows when, 95 or something, and you can fire that bad boy up. So this game is supposed to be just like on Earth. It's not like yes. some like okay. Yes, no. It, this is no like Witcher or anything like that. Okay, because yeah. when you were like, you can pick up cows, I was thinking, and you said, and chuck them, and I was like, what in this space? Uh, yeah, like trolls picking them up. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Like a trebuchet takes a cow and th- like a dead one. You know, the deceased. only reason yeah. why I know what a trebuchet is is because of you're French. I'm oh. not French. <laughs> uh, because of Lost, the television show yes. by J.J. Abrams, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But so, yeah, sorry to get us off track there, but this concept of just 
not knowing what the hell's out there. I used to be terrified of that when I was playing this game. I'm like, <laughs> I could have an entire army coming at me and I can't see shit. Like, you know, so it, you have to go explore those worlds. You would send just small groups out to, to explore regions so, so you can actually worlds, see. So they're worlds, though. They're not like the countryside. No, country, it's the countryside. Yeah, yeah. Different worlds as in like different civilizations. We'll say that. Like you could have the Aztecs and the Britons. Like they could fight each other. The Aztecs and the Britons yeah, could fight kidding. each other? Pretty doggone true. This if is not historically me. accurate. Absolutely not. Okay. No, there was different time periods. And if you were just doing a big multiplayer mode, you just kind of, yeah, it was just one big battle. When do the aliens come in? I don't think they ever got that far. Bummer. I know. But so that's what that kind of makes me think of. And I was scared to death of that. So that's what I'm imagining here in this High Republic era. We have Jedi outposts out there with just a few Jedi there that don't have a whole lot of connection to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, the, the, the hub there. So... It's 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 a it's a you know uncharted territory out there and 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 I'm excited to mm -hmm. learn about that a little more. Yeah. I think we kind of we've glossed over this huge republic that's been created. Like, what did it take to get there? What did it take to to spread peace and commerce? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And and some law and order, Holly. Did we really? Okay, first yeah. of all, that's a sensitive statement nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, I mean, I guess. Knowing what we know now, you can't really assume that, like, it was, like, a peaceful... I mean, you're oh, literally going in and exactly. taking over these people's worlds and being exactly. like, you're not living right. Well, that sounds Ooh. like something we know. Yeah. But also, it's, like, kind of crazy to think, like, we're only talking about, like, the core. Yeah. Everything outside of that, which is something that we know intimately from the original trilogy. Absolutely. The prequels, the yep. sequel trilogy. Yep. Like, that's not a thing right now. No. And it, that, it's, uh, you're exactly right. This whole utopian state... Likely because it's a pretty small republic, right? And things are pretty tight. But tight. it's it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, what does the republic do to entice these people to join in? Is it is it forceful? Is it is it, hey, guys, come, you know, enjoy this trade with us and you join our republic? Like, it could be that. But Everything's is there a, great as long as you agree with us. Is there a darker history there, you know, with the Jedi? I mean, they've, we see failures in the prequels and stuff, but, like... Is there even a darker history there? So, actually, it says the Jedi work closely with the Republic and have agreed to establish outposts in the Outer Rim to help anyone who might require aid. Okay. So, they're not really out there raiding and pillaging. Not yet. But, uh, the Je can you imagine yeah, Jedi maybe. pirates? Well, that's what it sounds like our, 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 our foe here, right, in this new story of the High Republic is the Nile. It sounds like they're kind of these marauders, yeah. so to speak. Remind me of the Yuzen Vong. Will it be something like that? What is going to make these characters you know such opponents to jedi knights with sick you know lightsabers and hilts like which pe I, I love people what's the point of the hilt in my eyes a hilt on a lightsaber is it makes the most sense because First why would you want to burn your hand or lose it to the to the actual lightsaber? and also like hello the grip yes the style yes come on put little pictures on it do you know anything also, about yeah. the tudor era and the way that they would engrave all their well, fancy weapons. Holly, when we start a Tudor era oh my God. podcast. That well, would I'll, be a dream. That's all you. And I'll I'll just, you know, be this whatever on the podcast. Whatever you need. I'll be it. Sounds like a deal. Um but we did read the first chapter of Charles Soule's book, like we said, his first novel and I was pretty captivated by this. I'm just going to come out and say it. Like, this this has got me intrigued. I've loved Charles Soule's stories in the comics so far. Like, most of everything he's putting out. You know, I had some issues with the Rise of Kylo Ren. But, I mean, it's four issues. Like, how much can you do with that? So, he wrote the Rise of Kylo Ren. 
I believe he wrote the entire four four issue series. Okay. Um, but he's done Darth Vader and he's done um, Poe Dameron. So there, he's been. Yeah, I would I would say he's like kind of to the comics what Claudia Gray is to the novel. He's absolutely been the the leading light on the comics, the king of the comics. Uh, so it's um, really interesting to get him in a new medium here. Yeah, well, not a new medium. He, the you know he's a, a novelist. Absolutely. For Star Wars, he hasn't been a Star Wars novel. Yeah, it's it's interesting because after Chuck Wendig, you know, had his issue with, you know, talking about Star Wars creators and fans and stuff, he was all novels and then was starting into the comics. And now it seems like Charles Soule, is, his, his name is really picked up and he's getting more opportunity, which I think is fantastic. So um, although Chuck Wendig loved his books, loved his stories, um, you know, it's, it's awesome that Charles Soule is getting even more opportunity here. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we let some of those novel writers get into the comics then like, let's, let's do it. I love more minds. I love more stories and experiences. Um, so, so Holly, we're, we're, we're introduced to this, to this transport and this captain of this transport, right? The, the legacies run, was that the name of the transport? Yeah. The legacy run, the legacy run. And what was the name of the captain? Um, that was Hedda Cassette. Cassette? I think Cassette. Yeah. If we say cassette, we're probably going to get made fun of. We'll get made fun of it. We'll anyway. get made fun of. But so, so Holly, if you wouldn't mind giving just a brief description of this chapter and then we can talk about it a little more. So what, what, what? exactly happened here uh yeah so she's a pilot she's an older pilot she's on an older ship and she's transporting a group of i don't know if we call them passengers mostly humans right yeah some some other people um she was in the military she has a lot of experience um unfortunately it seems like the age of her ship that yeah goes wrong for them um but basically they're going out to the outer rim right uh, yes, uh, a very but a very chartered way like this. She keeps even saying the whole chapter like this should be safe. I have bad feelings, yeah. but this is a very you know a safe yeah. charter that um, we'd be taking. She actually calls it a milk run, a and milk she run. says <laughs> it. it is um, uh, what she say a well traveled route. Yeah. There shouldn't be any problems. She says that a lot of times throughout the chapter. So you know yeah. if that happens in Star Wars, Sometimes you're like, happens. nah, she's she's screwed. Absolutely. Um. But then something happens, an alarm starts going off in her ship, and it kind of makes everybody panic a little bit, and she's like, it's fine, like, I'll get us out of the situation. Yeah. There's an object, right? Yeah. In her way. Um, But spoiler, she does not... Well, she she avoids it, right? Oh, wait, yeah. She avoids it, and then I think they her ship overheats. It's something happens. It falls apart. Yeah, and and so so something. And she said, you know, there should be nothing here. Like this is this path is clear. Uh, These lanes are are always clear. Like why did this happen? And so she tries to avoid it. Does, Mm -hmm. but it's too much stress on the ship, and it just kind of I don't know. Kind of seems like it just separates all the ship and then there you have pieces of ship shrapnel almost then flying through this hyperspace lane and maybe even outside of it into god knows where and can i say that i was blown away funny you're right that was thank you holly that was oh god where's the clapping thank you Holly. that was a really funny i thought you were gonna do the drum well i can't no, nope. that is appropriate. That's the wrong one. I, can, why, I will, I will, I will put, 
put some something there to help some me labels. navigate those those sound effects. Funny. But so I was blown away because I was really enjoying this character, right? And I had read through, uh, you know, not spoilers, but like some of Star Wars uh, released information that a lot of people survive whatever this disaster is. And then to find out at the end of this thing, spoiler alert, guys, like I said, you know, if you didn't want any part of this, you should have turned yourself off uh, here a while ago. But spoiler alert, this captain dies. And that was the end of it. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, so apparently this isn't one of our main characters. This is just really getting us into, you know, what hyperspace was like, how big of a cakewalk it should have been. Here's this experienced pilot, and it, things still went awry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holly, what about the chapter? Did, did it hook you? Were you uninterested? Um, are, you, is, are you just excited we're learning something new? Um, I am excited we're learning something new. I think I read through it pretty quickly. It was a really easy read. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a little bit, the way that he writes, and it may be because he's more of a comic book writer, so I think this might be interesting to see how yeah. a novel goes for him. Um, it was a little bit choppy, yeah. um, which kind of like gave it that sense of urgency while you're yeah. reading it, which I, I mean, I think that was good given the circumstances that's yeah. happening in the chapter. Yeah. Um, I definitely was kind of a little bit bummed that this isn't going to be like a protagonist who's like yeah. in the novel, or maybe it is, maybe we'll go back in time Could. a little bit more yeah. and we'll learn more. But cause I was like, this is cool. This is an older female pilot. We don't really see that a lot. Most yeah. of our pilots, we meet them at a very young age, and then we kind of grow with them. So yeah. I thought that that was definitely an interesting, like, refreshing take on Star Wars, yeah. I think. Um, I like some of the humor that was in here a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that he did a good job of adding in the interactions between the different characters. Absolutely. Um, but I obviously i am going to read the novel definitely. when it comes out. That's, like, not a question. So yeah. I think, I mean... Even if I wasn't on a Star Wars podcast with a Star Wars book club, I probably, if I read yeah. this, I would probably be like, I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the title of the book is Light of the Jedi. I don't think Jedi were mentioned at all in this first chapter. Pretty doggone sure. Luke, Just in the beginning. In the I mean, yeah. yeah. So, Luke, what did you think, man? I mean, is this something that, you know, is this going to be a game changer? Does this sound like a good introduction to a new era? Well, a lot of my thoughts are going to have... I think a nice connection to a lot of the conversation earlier. Absolutely. I think to start off with, it was, it was well-written. Like Charles soul knows what he's doing. I think as a writer, um, it it flowed quickly, kind of like Holly was hinting at it kind of had a nice pacing to it to really just get you into it. Uh, and it was intriguing. So I really liked that. I'm a little trepidatious about uh, the sci-fi versus fantasy pole. Yeah. Uh, I thought it, its discussion of the way hyperspace works was really sci-fi. Yeah, kind of yeah. Into the technical aspects of it, um, which a lot of the books tend to have more sci-fi elements than the movies do, just because you have a longer time to like absolutely explain something in a book that would like be clunky and awkward in a in a movie. Yeah, but I still prefer the 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 novels that stick more towards the fantasy. Um, one of my least favorite new canon novels is Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older, mm-hmm. who is one of the authors involved in the High Republic stuff. Um, that novel to me struck me as like it's really tech heavy and the tech plays like a really important part in the plot and the way things, yeah. um, you know, happen throughout the story. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the newest Thrawn stuff, the deeper you got into that series, I thought the more sci-fi heavy it got, the more tech heavy it got Absolutely. as it went along. Uh, so it doesn't rank as higher, as high for me as among other novels. Uh, so 
I'm slightly trepidatious that if this is going to be like really tech heavy about the way hyperspace works, yeah, uh, that might not be as great for me. But if it's just simply the MacGuffin to get the ball rolling on an interesting story in the way that Solo, which I love, like is all about coaxium from like start to finish. When you yeah. think about, they use a little vial of it to get off planet or. They try to, and only Han gets away. Yeah, and then you know the whole coaxium heist throughout the rest of the movie. It's all built around that, but they don't spend a lot of time talking about how it works or you know all, all the little technical aspects of it. It's just you know, what they call it, the MacGuffin to kind of move things along. Yeah. Uh, so if it's more along those lines, I consider myself really enjoying it. I, I thought you you two were hinting at a really early uh, earlier really interesting conversation about kind of uh, colonialism. Yeah, and, and how you know allusions to you know our uh, our world's understanding of colonialism, the effects, the um, the uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for the uh, subjugation of, of certain yeah. peoples uh, through through colonialism. Uh, I think could be a really interesting aspect of this. As you talk about them expanding the republic, mm-hmm. there's a, it reminds me of uh, a good. Clone Wars episode I recently rewatched as I've been watching a lot of those again. Uh, it's early on. It's one of those one-offs that's not part of like a three or four episode arc. It's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. It's on. Um, uh, it's with the Pantorans. It's this snowy planet, and the Pantorans are the blue-skinned people who live on the moon that orbits the big planet, and they think the planet is largely uninhabited. It's like this icy, hoth-like, yeah. snowy world, and then. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are there with them when they discover there is a, a people there, the Tals, this sort of um, wampa-ish looking furry people. Uh, and it's all about like this sort of uh, colonizer versus native people story. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's well done. It's, you know, like, um, oh, what's the big Disney franchise? Avatar, you know, it's... it's yep. Yeah. Pocahontas. It's like it's one of those type of um, situations, uh, and so I think we could see that play out in this whole High Republic era. Some tensions, some conflicts, um, based around sort of the natives versus the, the the colonizers. Absolutely, and and we've only really got that that kind of a feel in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. When when you have you know either the Republic or or the Separatists like occupying them, you see a little bit of that. Um, most just kind of want to stay out of it and they kind of end up in the middle of things, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're going to get here. Luke It's almost just like this catalyst. Cause we all, we all take hyperspace for granted, right? It's just, everyone gets to where they're going so safely, but when we're flying even slower, we're navigating asteroids and, and it's, it seems more dangerous than hyperspace. So it is. It's going to be interesting to, you know, and obviously they're saying, you know, this, this well-rounded pilot, she's been piloting a long time. And even she was having an issue with, with what happened here. And it seems like this affects way more than just the ship. It's almost as if they, they talk about all a bunch of different hyperspace lanes, I think, and starships being affected by this. So if this were the Nile, were they doing this to more hyperspace lanes? Is this their way of stopping this expansion? And it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm wondering if, 
And who knows, this may not even be the Nile. This just may be some rogue asteroid that just kind of falls into the lane. It's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We need to make better. But I think it probably is these Nile and, and, and you know, this is their way of fighting back against, uh, I mean, expansion, uh, the Republic, right? And, yeah. and I, I'm wondering, like, could we feel bad for yes. these people, Holly? That's And that's why I liked what Luke was saying, because this is something that, I do think that we see a lot in the Clone Wars. We see a little bit of yeah. this in Rebels, not so much with the people inhabiting planets, but maybe the animals, the wildlife, yeah. other, you know, living beings. And I think that something that Star Wars has done a pretty good job with lately is making you feel empathetic. Yeah. And sympathizing with these people and their losses and what they're going through. Yeah. And I think that for lack of a, better terminology i guess we kind of in some of the movies have this like jedi washed history of everything that's gone on and i feel like the intro that i read of this book kind of also like perpetuates that when it's like you know everything's great there's this peace there's this balance everything's perfect coruscant's awesome well we know it's probably not still awesome yeah and it's probably not awesome then i mean you can imagine it probably still has all of its levels mm-hmm. and the further down you go, the poorer people are. Absolutely. But when you are writing things from the perspective of these people in these novels, yeah. we just, everything's great. We're happy. So everyone else is happy. Yeah. But I think that then we're going to get these little snippets of like, maybe not everyone is happy. Come on. And it's so shocking to see like people fighting back. We're trying to save you. We're trying to make your lives easier. We're trying to give you aid. Yeah. But maybe people don't want that. And I think that that's something that I'm looking forward to in Holly, I I love that you're saying that, like, even the perspective of that description that you read could be a very distorted view of the republics, right? Like, everything's great. Like, I'm sure that 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 is the way we look at this country today, right? Like, and and how we've expanded. Well, a lot of us do, right? We've accepted what we've done, and, and we're trying to make it better, right? It wasn't great. It happened. But, like... A lot of people then even thought the same thing. Like, why don't they want this? Like you said, like we're trying to show you how to, 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 to reimagine life and and civilization. Why don't you want this? You should want, uh, you know, our culture, but maybe that's, maybe that's what we're going to get in this story. I'm actually interested to see, we know the Republic has its problems, right? We know it has a darker side. I'm wondering if we're going to see more of that, right? And I'm also interested to see if the Republic and the Jedi's relationship is even different from what we see in Star Wars so far. That I mean, they serve the Republic. They serve the Chancellor. Like that's that's what they're there. They're 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 keepers of the peace in the Republic. This book almost makes it sound like they may even be, even be more separate. I'm not. Maybe that's just something I'm picking up that no one else is. But I'm interested to see if there's some some difference of opinion here with the Jedi. It's like. This Republic is trying to expand on things. We're just going to try to keep things as safe as possible. And we're going to get ourselves, I mean, maybe even be a little more militarized than they're used to. I I don't know. Um, They seem pretty ill-prepared when the Sith showed up in, you know, uh, the prequels. But, I I mean, I I don't know. They they haven't seen the Sith for thousands of years or a thousand years, I guess. But they are going to come up against another opponent. Are they going to have sympathy for this, you know, the Nile? Is there going to be, you know, I don't know, conflicting interests? They're there to protect. Is it just the Republic? I, I'm interested to see. Luke, do you have any idea 
what we're looking at are 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 the Jedi out there, you know, with the Republic and maybe some commandos just just you know taking territory, or are they going to be in some you know conflict to themselves of like who are we here to actually protect? I think you're really on the right track in terms of I expect we'll see more daylight between the Jedi Order and the government of the Galactic Republic. Because yeah. I think, like you were hinting at, I think part of the message of the prequels was that the Jedi were clouded and somewhat blinded because they became too intertwined with yeah. the politics and the government and, and weren't um, an independent, more um, you know, religious order. Yeah. Uh, you know, just doing what was morally right they got tied in with all the politics of the government. Yeah. And so I expect, like you were saying, like this will be the Jedi Order at a time where they're more independent uh, from the government itself. And I think it, it kind of hints at that in the, in the intro about like the Jedi are sent to these outposts just to kind of help um, those um, sort of uh, immigrant uh, colonizers yeah. coming from the core. Um, just, you know, it sounds, you know, like a monastery out on the frontier yeah. in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think you're really on the right track. It would, it would sort of jive and line up with everything we see, like you were saying in the prequels. Um, and that's hinted at it being the wrong path that the Jedi took. So I think we'll, we'll see it a bit different in this era. Absolutely. And I would, I would love for them in these books to allude to what's to come and how the actions they're taking now will ultimately define the order as we know it in the prequels. And I even think about the imagery, like on the cover of this book, you see these epic, almost golden Jedi holding their sabers out. Like they're these, you know, they look godly. They look godly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I look at the Jedi in Star Wars as we know it. They had a humbling yes, experience. I, it almost is as if, you know, they're they're monk like. It's almost as if they're in penance. Like they're they're punishing themselves and, and almost dialing things back because guys, we wow, we did some really thing we, we we are not meant to be this powerful. We're not meant to have this much influence on the galaxy. It, I could almost see even just the imagery alone of it being we're holding back now. We are we, and maybe that is why they fail and the Sith take over. Maybe there is something that is going to happen with the Jedi themselves that's going to make them take a step back and say, "Put up the hoods. We're gonna. Everyone's gonna start wearing some dark cloaks. We're gonna look kind of like monks or hermits, and it's gonna be this whole different ideology of just we're there to serve, but like a little. I don't know, a little toned down. Holly, I mean, are you feeling that? I mean, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see if there is something that happens in any of these books or comics yeah. or anything that's coming out that kind of has some huge altering event that kind of kicks the Jedi down a notch. And yeah. I mean, maybe they need that. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if Anakin had been a Jedi during the High Republic and wow. was donned in like a golden cloak Ooh, with golden some Annie. headgear with yeah. gems? I mean, like that'd a be king. great. Yeah, he definitely would want to be a king. Let's be honest. He would want to be king of the Jedi. It's just, that's what sticks out to me the most. It's just like, and that's what the imagery of the, the cover is trying to show you. Is like, it was this golden age, right, of the Jedi. It was the light of the Jedi. But what is it that makes it take, 
I wouldn't say a darker tone, but I don't know. It's it's definitely a suppressed. I, I don't know. I, I just I can't wait to learn more about how these Jedi just interact with one another and and how different things are at this time because. From what we're seeing, it definitely seems like it's going to be. And this chapter alluded to none of that. And that's why it's it's so fascinating that we're so intrigued by this because it just sets us up. Like, And, and that's what Charles Soule says. This is an ultimate disaster. That is, This is what the catalyst for everything going that happens. So I, I don't know. I, I Reading this, I'm, I don't know what the Jedi are going to go through. I hate that the Jedi, it seems, in all these big stories are having to like they're just like failing, but it's like, I don't know. There has to be something like that. I think in this story to show that change, it was only 200 years ago. Right. And we talk about star Wars, like star Wars, like as we know, it goes back thousands of years. So yeah, it's this is like recent history. It's, it, it, it is recent history. So it's, it, it's, it feels like w- there could be consequences. It could be lasting. Will we prequels. see Yoda? I think it, it could be possible. <laughs> A younger, oh. you know, whippersnapper. Holly, I'm so gra- glad you mentioned the word Yoda because as Michael's talking here, I'm imagining uh, Yoda as like the Martin Luther yes. Protestant Reformation yes. figure, the way he's talking about this opulence that's displayed um, by the Jedi of the era. And maybe he comes along and says, this isn't right. This isn't the way uh, that it should be. The and then they start wearing yeah. the, <laughs> the duller uh clothing and, and go around it with a different attitude <laughs> well it could be right i mean like like dooku disagreed with how the order was handling things right and well, he, he left so it you that could absolutely you could see some that stayed and made changes the, the, maybe some left and said like i'm not signed up for this and others are trying to change the order itself luke skywalker does that you know and creating his own order things are going to be different like, we're going to encourage people to love, at least, you know, in, in Legends. Um, we don't know much about his order in, in New Canon stuff, but I think that would be fascinating to see Yoda come in there and be, like, the change. The, the young, you know, you know college-age Yoda coming in there, and, and he's like, guys, this ain't right. Like, things are going to change around here, and he's out just, you know, writing on people's doors and blood, and who knows? I, I don't know. Um, blood? Writing on people's doors Did Martin Luther in not do that? Blood? No, just kidding. Uh, Michael needs to learn his history a little more. But, um, <laughs> but Yeah, Luke. I think, too, timelines are, are funky in Star Wars. Like, them going back 200 years might as well be, like, 10,000 yeah. years. Because when yeah. you think about there's 20 years between the formation of the Empire and a new hope. True. It, in a new hope, you get this sense like that the empire's been around for a while. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's really like twenty years. So uh, on that scale, like yeah, two hundred years is a really, really yeah. big difference. Absolutely. Gosh, the chronicles of Yoda. Yoda has been through a lot. Yeah, when did he join the order? I don't know. He's been doing this for hundreds of years, so he likely is involved in this. I mean, that'd be awesome if he has some story in this. I, I didn't see him on the cover. You no, know, people really have been begging for a Yoda backstory, right? Ever, I mean, yeah. I mean, we were going to get a movie about it. We were going to get a, an anthology movie about Yoda, and, and it's not happening. So I, I think some 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 writing about Yoda, I'm down. I'm down. Uh, you guys have any other thoughts on, on the High Republic or specifically the Light of the Jedi, Ollie? I don't have any thoughts on that. 
you have more th- share them <laughs> <We> it's <laughs> open forum at this point come on I, we just got an email from brent oh lordy it let's goes go back if we're ready to bring it full come circle on. and close it full out full circle is it the best sausage quote of 2020 yes thank goodness that's what brent says okay and then i have nothing left to okay, say let's do it the email subject reads <laughs> sausage <laughs> part two because <laughs> he didn't want to give his favorites and <laughs> no, he's he coming did. back now he emails and says i'm almost ashamed <laughs> i did not think of this one before mm-hmm. i had to change a couple of other parts to get the quote to perfect. roll right perfect hope it catches you before you record brent oh, it caught us in the live. middle of recording live this is great you can you can you can affect the show live come on <laughs> Ahem. I you gotta clear them. your throat for hey, this one. Phrasing. Starting the Go quote. ahead. Shush. <laughs> Best phrasing of all time. Even Luke, I got a raised eyebrow and a closed eye from him. Anyway, sorry, Holly. I ate them. I ate them all. They're gone. Every single one of them. And not just the sausages, but the hot dogs and the cocktail <laughs> weenies, too. So he he gave us a modified version uh, of the sausage. I uh, liked it. We could do dramatic Star Wars sausage readings. Guys, you have no idea (laughs) how much I want to do dramatic readings. It's what I'm great at. We I, we used to do dramatic readings of of Ez's text message, you know, to girls back in the day, and it was some of the most fascinating material that I've ever read in my life. And boy, did I dramatize the hell out of it. And it was. It was made for for podcast. It was made for the airways. So, guys, if you have, I don't know if it's fan fiction, something that <laughs> we'll we can do a dramatic reading. I, I would love that if we can have a three part. You know, if we could bring someone on, do a four part series, like four way. Wow, wow, uh, topical, Holly. It, it, if we could do something like that and do dramatic readings, throw in some sound effects. I am down. You guys, I do have to tell you this. Okay. The email. The Gmail yes. app gives you um, kind of like canned responses and you oh. can just click on them and it will like send it back. So just thanks. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> one. I just like. Yeah. Okay, Embarrassing. Before, before, no, before yeah. I say these, I just think about the original yeah. quote that Anakin says and now the one that Brent sent. Uh, the three options it gave me to respond to Brent with were yum. Oh, <laughs> it just saw food. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Or sounds yummy. Sounds send back sounds yummy. And he'll have. <laughs> and you know what's great? And then we can follow up, or he'll listen to the podcast and know exactly what it is that we were doing. But that, I Brent, sent him sounds yummy. Perfect, Brent. Thanks for the email. He's gonna be like, "What the hell? Who was responding to the flying? What is wrong email? with these people?" That was so much fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, do things get juvenile sometimes? Yeah, and that's fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't take Star Wars too seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. We take it pretty seriously, um, but you know, it's some. It's sometimes it's just fun to to kick back and have a laugh. Are we all thirteen year old boys at heart? No. <laughs> Walho, no, she's not. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, one would think she was. Oh. Uh, especially from the Gmail response back to sounds Brent. yummy. Sounds yummy. Um, but you know, we like to, to to break it down, have some fun, and then we love to get sweaty. I mean, if that was a one eighty. I, I, if you know what, that was the biggest 180 in Star Wars. We're talking about sausage just one minute, and then we're talking about the Force, and it was insane. But they're all connected. Yeah, 
a forceful sausage it was um but it was so much fun talking about that and, and hearing from jory and 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 talking about the high republic i didn't think i was this excited for the story and now when i talk with my friends about star wars you get you pumped you amp it it's like it's times 10 like i'm just i'm so excited to, for these books um i need to finish some other books before this comes out in january of 2021 uh so there's a lot of reading to do and finally back into my star wars reading um so can't wait for that to come out um so if you haven't read that that we just gave a brief description of the chapter but if you haven't read it go check it out it's it's very interesting um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, anything else, guys? If you haven't started reading Dark Disciple, start reading Dark Disciple. Holly, that's a great, yeah, because what are we thinking? Uh, late Sometime, July? Yeah, late July. I'll let you guys know. I think it depends on if we're going to take a vacation in July or not. So. Well, yeah, who knows? Uh, the vacation is off right now because it's just too damn hot. I can't, I can't hike the fields of Gettysburg when it's 96 degrees out. Sorry, Wade. It just, it's not in the cards. <laughs> Too hot, too damn hot, and too much of a COVID Michael, risk right now. Yeah. They did it in 1863 right. in wool. Oh, man. And you, you wouldn't believe. That's exactly what I was thinking this morning when we made the final call, <laughs> is that these guys were out in wool uniforms, and it was 96 you degrees. You would have got the real like experience. today, like 157 years ago to this day. It would have felt like you were there Yeah. at that time. Well, Okay. Holly, no, uh, no, no. That's this. Is what we're going to do. We're going to get wool uniforms and we're going to hike Gettysburg. <laughs> and then I, we'll see if you're still, you know, hey, talking hey, tough. Yeah. I was in a reenactment once. It was a Revolutionary War reenactment. Was it a wool costume? It actually was. Okay. My grandma has a picture. Interesting. But it was not 96 degrees and it was on the coast of Maine. So it was a little yeah, it was different. January and May. No, I'm it sure wasn't. it was nice it and was warm. It was like June. Oh, well. So it's probably like cool. a nice 55 yeah, degrees. I don't want to hear it. You <laughs> a wind chill of 30. Guys, she talks like she's a hard ass, but she would be the <laughs> first to bail in a 96 degree hike. So that's canceled. We're going to reschedule that. But uh, looking forward to get back into the Star Wars reading. Uh, and Holly, you mentioned the, 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 we'll think the end of July, probably Dark Disciple. Yeah. Um, we also have probably, guys, mid-month, we're going to have our Star Wars Trivia Trials solo edition uh, with Nettie and Wes. It's going to be epic. I can't wait to get that promo ready and get that thing recorded the, these guys some of the nicest guys in our in our in our family holly and i don't know how i'm gonna get either of them to talk any trash about one another it will just be like the most cordial yeah trivia do you think i have to write them like like cards like things to say like dialogue oh my god like little flash cards yeah that would be great I don't know how good their acting skills are, so we'll have we'll to work find on out. that. We'll have to work on that, guys. So look forward to the trials coming your way here very soon. Um, something we're very proud around, uh, proud about around here, Holly. It's that's the, right. It's the Bumbleberry. I don't know. It's taking over. But guys, we'll see you next week. Enjoy. Stay safe. <laughs>